Hey, I'm Brian Brown, co-author of The Move Book, and I'm sitting down here with Sangram Vajre, who needs no introduction <laughs> at all. This, this, is, this is something we did together. It has been an absolute pleasure. You've written several books, and the fact that I was able to be part of this third book and, and co-author and, and take this journey with you um, has just been exciting, man. I think we've had more fun than we probably could have imagined. Obviously, we both have sort of, you know, two decades plus building companies and you're sort of a marketer, evangelist, galvanizer, business leader. I'm a, you know, product plus marketer and kind of, and so our inventor, inventor, SaaS inventor, which is, uh, which I love. I love creating and you, and you do too. This book has been a journey because neither of us knew what the end product looked like when we started. We didn't have the move framework when we started this book. Nope. Right. So there was a day you called me. And you're like, I think I have the the acronym for the things we've been covering. And, and just, do you remember what that was like yeah. when you kind of yeah. landed on it? Yeah, I think it was just like the last book when we had the team acronym for, for ABM is B2B. I think the MOVE acronym that literally, and it was part of the research, right? The, the whole process was us interviewing probably 50, 60 CEOs, VCs, CMOs, CROs. Yeah. And the best part was you and I becoming a student. Uh, remember, we had a spreadsheet of probably 25 different questions that we were trying to ask them. Yeah. And then it started to whittle down to these four questions that we kept thinking and seeing and hearing. And there was a shift that happened a day or two before that call where I was like, wait a minute, we don't need to ask these 25 questions anymore. It's literally coming down to these four questions. And what are these four questions? And that became the whole framework of market operations, velocity, and expansion, but it came through the learning and discovery all the way from CEO of HubSpot, Brian Halligan, talking about yep, yep. his own thing, all the way to like Megan Eisenberg, who has been a CMO for multiple different companies. I know for me, and I think you've had similar, but like um, building companies is hard. And um, as employees of companies, as co-founders, as, as you know, we've been part of startups, we've been part of larger, later stage companies, there becomes these moments where it's like, as, as a person in a company, you realize you have something great, but it's trapped. Yeah. And, you know, we've all read books on building products. I've built products and spent 20 years building products. Uh, the, pro the greatest products don't always win. Yeah. And, and that is why I think this book became so exciting to me was I want to help companies get unstuck. I want to help them realize that they can grow again, that they can grow faster and, and better. And it, as we did that, you, re, you remember we hit this point where we're like, oh, the problem with our MOVE framework is the questions need to be asked differently based on where you are as a business. So tell me about how we built the, the three business phases on yeah. top of MOVE framework. Why, why did that matter and where did that come from? That, that is such an interesting time in our book journey. The entire book, in many ways, I thought, and I think we thought, was done when we had the MOVE framework. And we're like, we're done. And then we started talking to the CEOs of the organization, and, and this almost felt like, not elementary, but very operational. They're like, oh yeah, these are good questions, and these must be asked at different stages of the business. But as a CEO, or as a VC, I'm looking at a business at a different stage. And we're like, well, what are those stages right. called? And that became another exploration for us, is like, well, the book is not done yet. This is, the, the, the MOVE framework is the operating model, if you will, of how you go about it. But what stage are you in dictates the responses to those questions. And the questions remain the same, but the responses are different. 
So it was really interesting. We went through and we looked at and we came up with like multiple different iterations of the PowerPoint. We came up with the, the, the different uh, versions of it. And I remember one time we had a two by two matrix. One time we had this chart up and to the right. One time we, uh, we literally put those numbers or names next to each other. But then we actually saw, uh, I forget the, the VC firm that actually put out something out there. We're like, this is exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah. And that led us to like, all right, there's got to be better ways to say it. So we call it in the book, ideation, transition, execution. But Those are the three, the three stages, the three ideation, transition, execution. Yeah. And you have the three P's, right? Yes. And so the three P's is really what people yep. would, I think, remember it. I mean, cause you know, business school, the four P's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, we've, you know, four P's of marketing forever. Uh, but in this case, it's, it's a way to understand where your business is by what you're trying to do. Right. And in the first ideation phase, it's about is the pro- what is the problem we're trying to solve. And the three business stages resonate, and it, and it makes sense. I think one of the things that is challenging for, for p- business professionals is uh, when you think of the ideation stage, you typically think of startup. And what we found in our research was this ideation is not for startups. Yeah. Ideation is... You can, you can have $20 million in revenue and still be in the ideation phase because you haven't nailed, yeah. you're not at a product market phase. And that was fascinating. To, to, I think we heard that a few times. A lot of people are like, well, ideation is the naming the company or like just figuring, yeah. no, 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 you could be a $20 million company and still be in the problem market phase, That's just right. trying to find a way. I thought that was a very fascinating finding, at least for us to just look at that. So the other thing we had to solve was we had to define go-to-market. Tell the audience a little bit about what that journey was like when we asked people, hey, what is go to market? What what were yeah, you know, what were people saying? Well, when we asked a lot of times, I think it everybody almost tripped on who owns go to market even before we had it, which is why the book we, we define it. Like, all right, when we ask people who owns go to market, we had all kinds of questions. And people are gonna hear about that in, in all the interview series and when they read the book, they'll find it. But what's interesting is until we defined it, people don't take a step back to recognize how big of a deal it is to have go-to-market. And even worse, people don't know that they have a go-to-market problem. So remember, some of the conversations we had was around, well, how do you know you have a go-to-market problem? And so things like, hey, our retention is not good, or our product is not sticky, or we have hero salespeople who somehow just get the deals done at the end of the month or the end of the quarter, but we don't have a repeatable process, um, or maybe you know d- different uh, different uh, the customer success, or we don't have the same numbers that sales and marketing can go off of. And I think we in the book throughout we actually started looking at that and saying, when you see any of these questions being talked in the corridors in your Zoom rooms and stuff, that's how you know what a go-to-market problem is. And then that's why the definition is super important. The definition is much bigger than <laughs> marketing or sales, right, or success. Um, so what was one of your favorite um, interviews? Where, w- tell me about one of the interviews that really gave us a new, a new yeah. idea, a new, a new path forward. I think it's probably the same for you as, as I think I, I, I know where you, you, you're probably thinking about it. You tell too. me yours and then, I, and then I'll give you mine. All right, there you go. So mine is Brian Halligan, uh, yeah. CEO of HubSpot. And, you know, I mean, there are 100,000 plus customers, like it's a must, you know, very well-known company. They're a public company. 
the, they just crossed a billion in ARR. Uh, you know, Brian has you know just been on this journey, and I take that as a big compliment. When they invested in Terminus, they're like, "Hey, you guys remind of, uh, us of them," because of the, the the movement we started around it. So there's a lot of lot of just just amazing thing. But when we asked him who owns it, his response was very clear: "Who owns it?" And I'll let that for people to kind of get to, into the book to to hear his answer. But he said that go to market is not a strategy. It's a product. That became the quote. That became the truth in the book. That became something that we put on the back cover. And I say that now all the time. Yeah, it's like a product. It's a living, breathing thing. It's not something you go on a weekend and, and just chart it out. That's your vision. That's where your end game is. Go to market is like a product. There are bugs, issues, there are moves and that you have to continue to do, figure it out. It's a living, breathing thing. I think that was such an insightful comment yeah. that he gave us. I love that. What and was yours? I'll, well, before I say that, I'll add that that ability to think about go-to-market like a product is then go-to-market is a high-performing revenue team. Yeah. Right? If you think about your revenue team as a product, then you will fix the bugs, you will look for the enhancements, you will look for what's the next gen, you'll keep iterating because a product that stays stagnant ultimately is... is yeah. Uh, no longer useful, right? Yeah. Um, well, so my mine. So that's probably my, one of my top <laughs> ones. Um, but I'll add uh, uh, Scott Dorsey. Okay. Right, CEO of Exact Target um, has started High Alpha. Um, he one of the in the move framework, right? Market operations velocity expansion. Under expansion, Scott really pushed our thinking forward on. Um, on the role of sales in terms of like um, there's sales approaches, you know, you have like distribu- dis- basically distribution and getting the widest distribution you can uh, at the right time. And one of the things we, we kind of learned through the research was some companies try to go so wide so quickly that uh, they're not focused and they spread their resources too thin and they stall. And in Scott's view, it, he reminded us, he said, do you remember Salesforce? They didn't start geographic expansion for a long time. That's like they right. didn't go to Europe in year three. Yeah. They went in like year 10 or something like that. So his point was expansion comes like you need to you need to do these sales motions, but you don't need to do all the kinds of expansion until you've really nailed your product and your core. Yeah. And then expansion becomes an accelerator, not something that actually you know, draws against the reserves of your company and keep and helps you, I love you know, that. get you yeah. stalling. He got the expansion because we did not have the right E. Yeah, right? remember we, we e, were execution for a while. We were, had yeah. execution in it. Yeah. We had experience in it, and that conversation with Scott Dorsey yeah. made us think about maybe E is expansion. Yeah, such a good quote. I, I think um, you know, we've learned. I've learned lessons as building companies and being part of part of many companies, um, and one of the things that businesses struggle with is asking the right questions. And, yeah. and it's the strategy. It's when do we hire this new function? When do we build out this new team? When do we start a new product? When do we enter a new market? When do we start a new vertical? Those, those questions, right, become so important to businesses. But uh, I don't, I mean, I hadn't really ever seen a book that, told, that said yeah. like, how to answer the questions and know what to do, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, as, as I'm sort of like reminiscing about how we came up with the title, 
tell me sort of in your own experience and words, why did we, why, why move yeah. and what, what does move represent? Well, one, give, give credit to Christopher Lockett for that. Like when, when I interviewed him, which we will have in this thing, which will be fun interview to, to hear. He's like, looked at them. Why are you calling it anything else? But it's the move. Like every company used to figure out what their next move is. And it like made this ton of sense. So in a way, it's a verb. It's something that people can talk about and say, what's your next move? Yeah. And if you think about that question, the depth of that question, that is something in some other vocabulary, people are always asking that, I don't know what my next move should be. I'm at this stage of my business. I don't know what should I do. Should I expand? Should I go in and hire more people on the sales team? Should I go and acquire a new company? You're constantly thinking about your next move. And so I think as we went through this exploration for the book, I think we have, we're gonna help companies, no matter what stage of the business they are in, they may be in the early stage problem market fit, or they may actually have a repeatable process in a product market fit, or they now may have more than one product that may be in a platform market fit. We are gonna give them the vocabulary, ask the right questions, and get the team aligned on it, and figure out how the transformation is gonna be. That's right. But ultimately, truly helping them ask the question, yeah. what's your next move? Yeah, I love it.